0: You're listening to a message from Redemption Community Church, a life-giving church in Westchester County, New York. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or follow our messages online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Welcome to all of you. So glad you're with us today today. Uh, as we're continuing our counterculture series, so for the past few weeks we've been teaching through the New Testament book of First Corinthians, and I hope you're enjoying this series. I know I'm getting so much out of it as I'm having the privilege of teaching through it, and we've covered a lot of topics. So let me just refresh your memory, or if you're just joining us, help you know kind of where to jump in today. Uh, we have talked about unity in the church. We've talked about spiritual maturity. Uh, we've talked about how to hold each other accountable. Like, how does that? What does that look like to hold each other accountable in a loving and healthy way? in the church we've talked about sexual integrity and how to use our christian freedom today i want to talk to you about spiritual gifts now, one of the things that I love about our church is the diversity that we have. We're not only ethnically diverse, but we are so diverse when it comes to different church backgrounds and different church traditions. We have everything here, Catholic, Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, like everything in between, and I love it. And I know that some of you, you come from a background where you're more familiar uh, with things like teachings on the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. Maybe you grew up like me, or you have a church background like me that's charismatic or Pentecostal. Some of you are like, Pastor Jeremy, I have no idea what that's all about, like from completely the other end of the spectrum. And some of you have had really good experiences with that. Like maybe you've had times where the Holy Spirit has touched you powerfully, like maybe in a moment of worship, like we just had a moment ago, or when someone prayed over you in a life group, there was a sense that the Holy Spirit was just like moving in your life. Aren't you thankful for times like that? But then some of you have had some bad experiences. Come on, let's be honest. Like some of you, when you think about the gifts of the Spirit, you think of some pastor like pressing on your forehead, like trying to slay you in the Spirit on the ground, you know? Or people like speaking in tongues chaotically in a service and it's like really confusing and awkward. And you're like, Pastor Jeremy, I don't want anything to do with that. Okay, can I just encourage you today? I just want to encourage you. Let me ask you this. How many of you... Like to receive gifts. Like, where are the people in the house? Like, this is one of your love languages. You like to receive and give gifts. How many of you ever read that book? Someone's like, yeah, Pastor Jeremy, that's me, that's me. How many of you ever read that book, The Five Love Languages? It's a really good book, by the way. And it talks about one of, the, one of the love languages is giving and receiving gifts, okay? Now, how many of you love a really good gift giver? Like, that person, you know, when they get you a gift, they get you. They understand your style. Like, you're not going to need a gift receipt because you're not going to have to return it. Because when they give you a gift, it's going to be good. Now, y'all know my wife is like that. My wife is an amazing gift giver. Like, if you've ever received a a gift from my wife, you know what I'm talking about, right? Like, first of all, the presentation is going to be amazing. You know, like, you don't even want to open it because you don't want to mess it up. Because, like, the ribbon and the packaging, it matches your skin tone. Like, you don't want to mess it up, right? Like, you get it, and it's so nice, you know? Because she's so thoughtful. Like, if you ever get a gift from me and Amy, like, right away, you're like, yeah, Pastor Jeremy had nothing to do with that. (laughs) Like, that was all Amy, right? Let me just encourage you today. How many of you believe that God is good? God is good, right? So can we believe that God wants to give us good gifts? Hello. People are weird sometimes, but God is always good. (laughs) God is always good. And so we want to talk about the gifts that he has for us today. We're going to be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And I want to encourage you to be reading with us. So uh, your reading this week is to read chapters 13 and 14. We're going to come back and teach Uh, a little bit on those chapters next week, but be reading along with us. Today, we're gonna be in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Let me give you a little context here and, and set this up, okay? So... The Corinthians, they had written to the Apostle Paul, and they asked his advice for a number of different issues, and the Apostle Paul writes them back, and he gives them an earful because there was a lot of problems in this church, and so he's kind of systematically you know answering the questions they had and working through the topics that they brought up to his attention, and today we're going to see that the Apostle Paul turns his attention to spiritual gifts. See, the problem is in Corinth, there in the Corinthian church, their worship services were chaotic. They, they, they worshiped in, in homes back then, not really in this setting, but but as they gathered together, like things were, were, were chaotic. There were certain people who were overemphasizing uh, certain spiritual gifts that they thought were more spectacular than others, things like speaking in tongues or giving a gift of prophecy. And, and, and so they were, they were in disunity and it was causing chaos and, and leading to a lot of confusion and, and division. And so Paul writes to address this and to help them out. So let's jump into this because I believe that There's a word for us in here today as well. So 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we're going to pick it up in the first seven verses. Here's what the Apostle Paul writes. He says, Now about gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. He's writing to a group of people living in the ancient Greek city of Corinth. These are people who their background was worshiping like false idols, like the false gods of like Greek mythology, okay? Verse three, therefore I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Okay, so let's talk about what was going on here. Part of the problem (laughs) for the Corinthians in the Corinthian church is that they had not made a radical enough break from their pagan roots, from their pagan backgrounds when they had been worshiping like idols in these pagan temples. And Paul says, remember when you were a bunch of pagans, (laughs) basically, remember when you were pagans, like you had spiritual experiences worshiping in the temple of Aphrodite or wherever you were, you had spiritual experiences, but those experiences didn't always honor God. In fact, some of you may have even cursed Christ in those rituals. That's what that part was about. He said, you, 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 you had spiritual experiences, but it didn't always honor God. And he says, now that you're Christians and you're believers, you're doing the same thing all over again. You're gathering together and you're having spiritual experiences, but it's not always honoring God because you got the spiritual gifts all messed up. The point of spiritual gifts is to lift up the name of Jesus. He says, it's not about you. It's not about you having these ecstatic experiences when you gather together. Your your spiritual gifts are meant to to lift up and point people to Jesus. So in verse 1, he starts off this way. It says, now about the gifts of the Spirit. But here's the interesting thing. Paul doesn't actually use the terms gifts of the Spirit in the original Greek. It's a little bit more ambiguous. It's kind of like now about spiritual things. Now about the things of the Spirit. Now about spiritual stuff. And so Paul goes on to give us four words. Four phrases that describe spiritual things or spiritual stuff. Let's look at it again. Verse four, he says there's different kinds of gifts, That comes from the Greek word charismata. That actually is spiritual gifts. Verse 5, he says there's different kinds of service. Verse 6, there's different kinds of working. This comes from the word energema, think energy, like you're permeated by divine energies. In verse 7, he says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit. Okay, so look at the different ways he describes the work of the Spirit in the church. Gifts, service, working, manifestation. Okay, Keep that in mind. So what are the spiritual gifts? Let me give you a simple definition. Okay, Spiritual gifts are simply divine enablements, divine enablements, and they happen when the Spirit of God comes upon you to accomplish the work that God wants to do in the world. Okay, Let's keep it simple today. That's what spiritual gifts are. When the Holy Spirit divinely enables through you, works through you, they happen when the Spirit of God comes upon your life to help you accomplish what God wants done in this world. And I want, you, I want you to be encouraged today. I want to prime the pump today. I want you to be expecting today that God wants to work through your life. He wants to give you good gifts and work through your life. I want to give you five principles on the gifts of the Spirit from, from this chapter, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and I want to invite you to take some notes this morning. Here's the first idea. Number one, spiritual gifts are how Jesus continues his ministry on earth. Spiritual gifts are how Jesus continues his ministry on earth. See, before Jesus left, after he was resurrected, crucified and resurrected, before he ascended back to the Father, he told his disciples that he was going to send the Holy Spirit, right? He promised that he would continue to build his church through his people by his Spirit. He said, I'm leaving and going back to the Father, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit who's going to work through you. So Jesus continues to work in this world through his church, right, through his people, by his power, like we're empowered by the Holy Spirit, okay? You have to understand this. The same spirit that was at work in Jesus Christ when he was living on this planet in a human body, as he preached, as he taught, as he, as he healed people, the same spirit that worked through him is the same spirit that works through us. You need to know that. So ever Jesus empowers you to accomplish his work, that's spiritual gifting, That's spiritual gifting, all right? Here's the second point, number two. Every believer has a gift. Every believer has a gift. Come on, turn to your neighbor and encourage him. You have a gift. You have a gift. Come on. Every believer has a gift. Look at verse seven again. It says, now to each one, everybody say each one. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Each one, that means every believer, not just the really spiritual people. Not just the religious elite. Not just the spiritual Jedi Knights of the church. Hello, Like everybody has a spiritual gift. There's no like class division in the church. You've all got got a gift. And then Paul goes on to list some of the gifts in verses 8 through 10. Now this is not an exhaustive list. There are other places where Paul writes about the gifts of the Spirit. Romans chapter 12, Ephesians chapter 4. There are other writings in the New Testament. But here's one sample list, verses 8 through 10. Let's look at it. He said, To one there was given through the Spirit a message of wisdom, To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, faith by the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Okay, that's a mouthful. Let's just kind of go through and briefly talk about what each of these gifts mean. I want to give you just a brief description today so you have some idea. So Paul says one of the gifts is a message of wisdom. This is where the Spirit of God gives someone insight into his will for their life that's not explicitly uh, spoken to in Scripture, okay? Like the the will of God's in the Word of God, but sometimes we need specific leading, the leading of the Spirit. And Paul says one of the gifts is God wants to give you wisdom. Come on, how many of you could use the wisdom of the Holy Spirit? Three of you. All right, my hand is up on your behalf because I promise you, you need it. The other, the other gift is the message of knowledge. Some of you may have heard of a word of knowledge. This is special knowledge from the Holy Spirit about someone's life or someone's situation. So this is to help someone else. Let me give you an example. Uh, many of you have heard of a famous story in John chapter 4 where Jesus meets a woman at the well. A famous story, right? Well, that's a good example of the Holy Spirit working through Jesus, giving him knowledge about this woman because he tells her all about her past and her mind is blown, right, at how the Spirit of God works through Jesus. That's a message of knowledge. Then he talks about a gift of faith. Now, all Christians have faith, right? We're saved by faith. You're only in Christ by faith. But this is talking about a special bestowing of faith when God wants to do something in particular. And he begins to give you a sense of perception about what he wants to do. And he gives you the faith to pray for it. And he gives you the faith to act on it. Come on, sometimes God will give you faith for something or someone. Sometimes God gives you faith for someone who doesn't have faith for themselves. That's the gift of faith working in your life. There's a famous story in the Gospels where a group of men literally broke a hole in a roof and lowered a paralytic man down to Jesus for him to to heal him, okay? Jesus was moved by their faith. They had a sense if we can just get this guy into the presence of Jesus, he's gonna heal them. And that's what happened. And so this is, this is the gift of faith. And then he talks about that gift of healing and miraculous powers. And that's pretty straightforward. Sometimes we pray for someone. God wants to heal somebody's mind, somebody's heart, somebody's emotions, okay? That's, that's the gift of healing. And then there's prophecy. Uh, prophecy is the ability to speak God's will into a situation at the right time, okay? This could be a scripture that God puts on your heart for someone. This could be an encouraging word. Um, I love my, the way my pastor, Pastor Jeff, who's going to be here in a few weeks, the way he defines prophecy. He says, prophecy is Holy Spirit-inspired encouragement. Don't you love that? It's not always just about foretelling the future. Sometimes it's just Holy Spirit-inspired I- encouragement. In fact, that's the way Paul describes it in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3. Like, you ever have one of those times where you're praying and God just puts somebody on your heart, and you just like, you're reading your U version Bible app for the day. And you just text them a scripture. You send it to them, and they're like, thank you so much. Like, that's exactly what I needed to hear today, right? Like, how did you know, like, what I'm going through today? And you didn't know. It's just like, God, put them on your heart. That's what it looks like. That's what it looks like. And then there's the gift of distinguishing between spirits. This is the ability to know whether what someone is saying is from God or not. Come on, how many of you know we need this gift in the church these days with so many voices, so many voices out there, so many people telling us what to think. Come on, we need the gift of distinguishing what's from God and what's not from God. And then this is a gift that's more known in charismatic circles, speaking in tongues. This is praising God or praying to God in a heavenly language. Come on, sometimes there are times when you don't even have the words to pray. And the Apostle Paul tells us that the Spirit of God will pray through you. He'll pray through you. That's the gift of, uh, of tongues. And then there's interpretation of tongues. Some, some, t- sometimes someone has the gift Um, to give, uh, to interpret tongues in a public situation, public gathering. So Paul actually says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, he said, I'd rather you pursue prophecy than tongues, because if we all speak in tongues, nobody knows what it means, right? But if you speak a prophetic word, a word of encouragement that edifies the church, unless someone gives an interpretation. All right, the point is that God has given every believer some gift. God has given every believer some gift. Your gift might not be in this list. Don't be disappointed because there are other lists. Let me give you some from Romans chapter 12. Paul adds serving, teaching, giving. Some of you have the gift of just generosity, leadership, mercy. Some of you have just a compassionate heart that brings healing to people. So there's so many different gifts. God has given every one of us a gift. God has given you some gift and he wants you to use it. Verse seven says, for the common good for the whole church to strengthen the church. Come on, if you don't use your gift, the body of Christ suffers. If you don't use your gift, the body of Christ is not as strong as it could be because God gave you a gift for a reason. And so to explain this, Paul launches into an analogy of the church being the body of Christ. It's one of the most famous analogies of what the church looks like and how it operates the body of Christ. Let's keep going. First Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 And then we're going to skip to verses 17 through 21. Here's what Paul writes. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but many. Look at verse 17. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. So this is kind of comical, but it's a great word picture, right? Like we need all of our body parts and we need all of them to function correctly. And we hate it when they don't function correctly. Hello, don't get older, somebody. All right? I've been fighting with my lower back for the last couple of years, and it is not fun. Like, we need all of those body parts to work no matter how small they are. Have you ever stubbed your little toe before? Hello, you will quickly be reminded of how important your little toe is. You stub your little toe, and then it causes your mouth to say things your mouth shouldn't say. <laughs> and so let me give you a few takeaways here. No, no one gift is more important than another. We need every gift in the body of Christ, right? If if the church were all an eye, we'd be in trouble. If we were all an ear or a nose, like I need all of those senses functioning, right? Every part's important. Um, We need a diversity of gifts in the body of Christ. I'm so thankful that God gives a diversity of gifts in the body of Christ. So you might look at me up here and think of me as like kind of the mouthpiece of the church, but how many of you know I couldn't do what I'm doing right now if it wasn't for the guest services team that set the stage and helped welcome people, help them find their way to the parking lot and get into the church and greet you and, and, uh, and thank God for people who led worship today. Come on, you don't want me up here singing. I auditioned for the worship team a long time ago. My wife said, get out of here. You might lead worship in the shower at home, but that's it for you. <laughs> Right, we need we need people using different different gifts, and and I'm thankful for people loving on our kids back in back in the in the kids ministry, and, and the people who are behind the scenes displaying lyrics, and those of you watching online, you're only watching online today because of our amazing production team that brings this broadcast to you. So we have a diversity of gifts in the church, and I'm so thankful for that. The church is healthy and strong when there's unity in diversity, when we all recognize we have different gifts, different spiritual passions, but we're one body. We come together. The church is healthy and the church is strong. Here's another idea about your spiritual gift. A spiritual gift can be either a lifelong calling or a temporary empowerment. I want you to think about that. Think about how we read about manifestations, right, and, and serving. It, it just get this sense that there are times when the Holy Spirit wants to, to just work through us. So, for example, um, my primary gift would be teaching, some would call it exhortation, Right? But there are other times when I pray over people where I feel like God gives me a specific word for someone, what we might call a prophetic word, okay? It doesn't usually sound like, now thus saith the Lord unto you, my brother and sister. Like, it's not like that. Usually it is a word of encouragement. It might be a scripture that I pray over somebody. It may be insight into their, their situation. I just begin to speak encouragement over their life, to speak faith over their life. Like, God uses me that way. Now, I'm not gonna walk up to you and introduce myself as, hi, I'm Prophet Jeremy, good to meet you. Like, no, but that's, again, that sometimes God uses in, in my life. I'll give you another a- example, okay? Um, healing. So uh, I wouldn't normally introduce myself as somebody who has this gift of healing. I'm healing evangelist, Pastor Jeremy. But every now and then, God will work through you, and he'll come upon you to, to bring healing to someone. So a couple uh, months ago, I got to pray for one of our team members here, uh, Bavon, who serves in our student ministry, and uh, she had suffered a muscle tear and was in a lot of pain and uh, was actually missing work and was going to have to have surgery. And like I got to pray over her a couple Sundays in a row, anoint her with oil and pray over her. And thank God he healed her. She didn't have to have surgery. She's back to work. She's been largely pain-free. And so we've got to celebrate the gifts of, of God, okay? Here's why I'm telling you that. If we only think in terms of I have this gift, I don't have that gift, because I don't normally think of somebody who, you know, has the gift of healing. Not everybody I pray for gets healed. But if we only think that, that, that way, then we might miss out on how the Holy Spirit wants to work through us in the moment. In the moment, he might give you faith for someone. In the moment, he might give you wisdom for someone. In the moment, he might build your faith to have faith for something for someone when they don't have faith for themselves. And if we only categorize ourselves, we might miss how the Holy Spirit wants to work through us. Now, if you see God working through you and there's a pattern, a repeated pattern, and there's affirmation, other people see a gifting over over your life, then you might begin to realize, yeah, that gift is part of my life, my life calling, right? Like teaching for me, but but just know that it can be temporary and sometimes it can, the Holy Spirit just comes upon you to work through you. Spiritual gifts are whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon you to accomplish God's work. All right, here's the next principle, number three, if you want to know God's will for your life, discover your gift. If you want to know God's will for your life, discover your gift. In other words, how does God want to work through me? How does God want to use me? You know, I think sometimes we ask that question, and it seems like a really kind of ambiguous question, like what's God's will for for my life? Well, I can tell you one of the ways you discover it is to discover how he wants to work through your life to bless someone else. And so the way you discover it is to find out what did he put in your hand? What did he put in your hand? All right, let me ask you this. Do we have any uh, Chronicles of Narnia fans in the house? Any C.S. Lewis fans? Okay. How many of you remember... Uh, The first, the first book, or the first movie, *The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe*. There's this one scene where uh, an interesting character shows up who's really not in the rest of the stories. It's Father Christmas. Father Christmas like just pops up out of nowhere in his sled. It's like you know Santa Claus is here, and he gives gifts to each of the four Pevensey children. And when they get the gift, it's a little bit mysterious to them at first. They don't quite understand what these gifts are all about. It doesn't make sense until they go into battle with the white witch, why he placed those gifts in their hand, right? So Lucy understands that she has this healing ointment because her brother Edmund gets wounded in battle and she pours the ointment on it and heals him, okay? Peter is handed a sword. He doesn't know why he needs a sword, but then he realizes later on when they're going into battle, like he's supposed to use that sword to lead the people into battle. Do you get it? If you want to know, one of the ways we figure out like what God, how God wants to use us, what his will is for our lives is looking at what he's placed in your hands. And so here's my question for you. Do you know what your gift is? Do you know what your gift is? I would say it's impossible for you to be fully embracing a life in the spirit, a life with the spirit of God, if you don't know what your gift is and how God wants you to use it. So let me give you a few practical tips about discovering your spiritual gift, okay? I've got a little Venn diagram for you we're going to put on the screen. Look for the intersection of your ability, your affinity, and affirmation. What does that mean? Well, your ability is what you're you're good at, how God wired you. Okay, what you're naturally gifted at, what you're good at, that's your ability. Affinity would be your passion. There's just certain things God has just given us a passion about, right? And then affirmation would be what other people affirm that you're good at, because sometimes people are not very self aware and they think they're good at something and they're actually not. So look for where people affirm you. Hello, we all know somebody like that, right? <laughs> look for the intersection of your ability, your affinity, and your affirmation, okay? So, first of all, I would say pay attention to your natural abilities, because often your spiritual gifts will coincide with your natural gifts. I see that quite often. I think sometimes we think it's not going to be that way, but often I find that God's wired someone a certain way. He's given them a certain temperament, a certain personality. And a lot of times I find that their natural gifts tend to overlap with your spiritual gifts. Come on, sometimes the Holy Spirit just wants to supercharge the natural gifts he's given you. Okay. Now there are exceptions, Uh, There are exceptions. Like, I know sometimes I've talked to um, certain Christians, certain believers who are like, Pastor Jeremy, naturally I'm really shy. I'm not really outgoing. Like, I'm not that person who just talks to strangers, but when it comes to, like, leading people to Jesus and talking to people about Jesus, there's a boldness that just comes over me, and, like, I'm just effective in that area. They have the gift of evangelism, and it's amazing, and they're not the kind of person who would just start talking to you on the subway, on an airplane, but, like, when the opportunity is right, there's a boldness that comes over that person that's not even necessarily consistent with their personality. That can happen, Okay. So start with your natural abilities, but don't limit it to that. In fact, we do a spiritual gifts assessment in, in Growth Track, a little, little infomercial for Growth Track here, session two. Uh, which is happening tonight, we do a spiritual gifts assessment and it's not meant to be a 100% guarantee. Like it's just a man-made tool to help you kind of discern, to help you find your way through that, that, that Venn diagram there, uh, some of the gifts that God may have placed on your life. And sometimes it picks up on people's natural abilities, but a lot of times it helps people begin to, to have language for how God has gifted them. So if you haven't done session two, definitely would encourage you to do that uh, of Growth Track. All right, so start with your natural abilities, but don't limit it there. Point number four, The gifts are for service, not for show. The gifts of the Spirit are for service, not for show. Look at what Paul says again in verse 7. He says, now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. For the common good. Not so you can feel good about yourself. Not so that you can appear to be super spiritual. Not so you can use your gifts in some way that calls attention to yourself and you hijack the service. No, no, no. For the common good. Okay? I'm going to help some of y'all, especially some of y'all who grew up with charismatic backgrounds. We're going to have a therapy session here. It's for the common good to build the church. One of the many problems that the Corinthians had is that they felt really proud about their spiritual gifts. They were using their gifts in a way to, to make themselves kind of feel spiritually superior to other people. Like, they were walking around like they were Marvel superheroes, like they had superpowers, right? Like, I'm prophecy man, you know? I'm speaking tongues, man oh, I'm sorry, you only have the gift of administration? Oh, I'll pray for you, you know, that maybe one day will God will bestow upon you the gift that I have, right? So you can join the ranks of the spiritual superheroes of the church, the Jedi Knights of the church in the spiritual realm. <laughs> and if we laugh at it, but some of you who have grown up around like more charismatic churches, you've seen that kind of attitude in the church, right? There's some people like, no, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the varsity team, you're on the JV team, you're on the JV squad because I have this gift, Right? And we've all seen people that have like, used their gift to draw attention to themselves all the time. And so Paul says, like, you're missing the point because this is what was happening in Corinth. He said, it's not your power. It's not about you. It's about God's spirit working in you. It's about his power working through you. See, the Corinthians weren't just confused about the spiritual gifts. They had forgotten the source. They had forgotten the power of the gospel. Like, here's what Paul says. Look at verse 13. He says, for we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. I love that word imagery, right? It's the same Holy Spirit, we were given to, to drink, to take into our cells. Paul says we were equally lost. We were equally broken. We were equally dead in our sins. And the Holy Spirit is the free gift of God that was given to us at salvation. It is not a reward for your awesomeness. It is not a reward for your goodness. It's not about you. It's not about your talents and your abilities. It's about the grace of God in your life. It's the grace of God on your life. It's only by his grace, that he chooses to work through you by his spirit. Let me show you the connection between this idea of grace and gifting. So the word that we translate grace from the original language, because the New Testament was written in Greek, is the word charis. The word charis is translated grace. Well, guess what? Charis is the same root word for the word gift. Charis in charism. Charism is, is the word for, for gift. Here, here's the idea. The gift of God flows from the grace of God on your life. Whatever gift God has for you, whatever gift you see working through you, come on, the gift of God on your life flows from the grace of God on your life. It's only by his grace. And human nature will always tend to try to find something that sets us up above other people. That's just human nature. That's people just being people. People are always gonna drift toward trying to do something that makes them spiritually elite or makes them feel better than other people. That's what was happening in in, in Corinth. They were using their gifts to try to make themselves feel better than other people, but Paul reminds them, like, your value does not come from any of that. Your value comes from the fact that you are sons or daughters of God. Come on, born by the Spirit, and you're set free to serve others up, not to prop yourself up, but to use your gifts to lift others up. That's what he says, to use your gifts to build other people up. And just a little side note here, okay? the holy spirit was poured out for us to serve the holy spirit was poured out for mission jesus said this in acts chapter 1 verse 8 he said but you will receive power when the holy spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses some of you know that scripture let me just help you the holy spirit was not given for recreational purposes like, sometimes people just kind of want get to get together, you know, certain church backgrounds and traditions. Let's just have a Holy Spirit huddle, and it's amazing, and the Holy Spirit's moving, and we're going to fall on the floor, and we're all going to have all these manifestations. I've been in church services like that, and it was kind of fun, but it was recreational. I'm going to tell you, you want to know where the Holy Spirit's at? Where people are getting saved, where the mission is advancing, where the kingdom of God is moving forward, where people are experiencing a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ, where lives are being changed. The Holy Spirit was poured out for a mission. <laughs> Not for spiritual recreation, okay? And then point number five is this. God works in your life through the spiritual gifts of others. God works in your life through the spiritual gifts of others. Look at this, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 25 through 26. Paul says this. There should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Come on. You got to get this analogy of the body, but it's really straightforward. But let's think about this for a moment. Think about when you're hungry. Come on. When your stomach sends a signal to your brain that you're hungry. Some of y'all get hangry when your your stomach is growling like that, right? What happens? Your, Your stomach lets you know it's time to eat, right? And your brain sends a signal to your hand that it's time to go to the refrigerator and open the door and get something out, right? And then you put food in your mouth. See how it all works together, right? The stomach, the brain, the hand, the mouth. It all works together to meet that Do you see it? Do you see it? Here's what I want you to understand. Often when there's a need in the church, God moves a member of his body to meet that need. Now, there are times when the Holy Spirit will meet you there and he'll give you what what you need just between you and him. But what's beautiful is often what God wants to do is he works through his body. He works through the different members, the different parts, the different members of the body to meet that need. And and, and so if, if you need wisdom, I think God would say to you, I put resources in my body to help you find wisdom. Come on, there's somebody in this church that has the wisdom that you need. If you need direction for your life, you're praying for a sense of direction, just feeling directionless, I think God would say, I've put I've put resources in my body. There's somebody in this church who can help speak direction over your life. Maybe you're running a little bit low on faith right now. Your faith t- tank is a little bit empty. It happens to all of us sometimes. I think God would say, come on, I've put the, the resource of faith. Somebody in this church will have faith for you when you don't have faith for yourself. You need to find them. I've put resources in my body. Maybe you're struggling in your marriage right? And God would say, there's somebody in this church who's been there, done that, walked through it, found healing. You need to find them because I've resourced and equipped my body. We need each other. We need each other. That's what the gifts are all about. And so this is why you need to be connected to the body. This is why you're healthier and you're stronger when you're connected to the body. Because when you're you're disconnected from the body, you're, you're disconnected from the power of the Holy Spirit. This is why you cannot be a lone ranger Christian and flourish. This is why you need relationships. This is why you need relationships. This is why we are always encourage you to get on a team and start serving. Get into a, a, a life where we want something for you, not not from you. This is why This is why you need to know somebody's name in this church. You need somebody's phone number in your phone that you can call, who can pray for you, who can encourage you. Don't just stare at the back of people's heads. We've got some beautiful heads in this church. But you need to see, know somebody's face and somebody's name and be connected. If you're watching online today, I'm so thankful that people can stay connected online today. What a a gift it is. And I know some of you can't be here. Or maybe there's a a physical, medical reason you can't be here. But I want to encourage you, as soon as you can get here in person, get here. Because there's nothing like relationships. There's nothing like a real person who can put their arms around you and hug you and pray over you and speak life over you. That's what happens when you're connected in the body. Come on, Christianity is not just content to be consumed something you belong to, it's who you are. It's not just podcasts and sermons and YouTube clips and devotionals. I thank God for all of those things. It's a family. It's a body. And So let me close by saying this to you. Somebody needs your gift. Somebody needs your gift. It's not just what you can receive, but somebody needs your gift. I, I love when I meet some new people who come in and say, you know, I was a little bit nervous to come to church. It's my first time in church in a long time, or I'd never been in this kind of church before, but man, before I even got in the building, the people in the parking lot were smiling at me and the guest services team held the door open for me and somebody showed me how to, where the coffee was and smiling just, just made me feel welcomed and I felt like I could belong here. I'm so thankful when I talk to somebody every now and then they say, you know, I came in today feeling just such a, just heavy hearted and worship team began to sing I began to feel the presence of God come over my life. It's like a burden was lifted off of my heart. I left this place just just feeling healed and whole and touched, free. Love that. I love when I meet families every now and then, you know? Newer families who are here for a couple weeks, and I'm like, well, tell me how you got connected to our church. And they tell me, well, actually, it's our kids who picked this church. We were trying out a bunch of different churches, and we came here, and our kids were like, we're going back to that church. We had such a good time, and we were still looking for churches, but our kids were like, no, we're going back to that church. Come on, sometimes the kids just settle it. I love hearing that because our, our kids' team just use their gift to love on some kids. Love on some kids. Come on, somebody needs your gift. somebody needs your faith, somebody needs your wisdom, somebody needs you to to pray for healing over their life, somebody needs your discernment, somebody needs you to speak an encouraging word over their life sometime. We need each other. And so let me just land on two really practical application points today. Here we go. So simple. Here's the first one. Discover your gifts. If you haven't, discover your gifts. Discover your gifts. Pray. Look for the intersection between ability, affinity, affirmation, right? Like what what you know, what you're good at, what you're wired to do, what people see in you. I would really encourage you to take the practical step. Um, You can sign up and do Growth Track Session 2 online, 6.30 tonight from the comfort of your own home. Just go to our app or our website. Go to Next Steps, and that's one of the things we're going to talk about, how to help you Discover your your spiritual gift and start using it. And then number two is just that. Not only discover, but deploy. Deploy your gifts. Use your gifts. Step out in faith and begin to use your gift to serve others. Not to call attention to yourself, but to serve others. Not to feel super spiritual, but to build up the body of Christ. And we're going to give you some great ideas on where you can jump right in on, on Sunday mornings where you can fit into one of our teams, where you can use your gifts and your passions to serve somewhere in our teams. You don't have to sign your life away, but you can get in and start serving. Come on, it's all hands on deck. We're a church on mission to reach people and we need you. We're stronger when you serve. We're better when you serve. We're better when you use when you use your gift. I wanna say thank you to all the people who signed up last week at team day. And you're gonna get the privilege of, of starting to use, use your gift. But can I just encourage you, don't limit it just to Sunday mornings. So many of us, I'm speaking to myself, because I grew up in a, in a Pentecostal charismatic setting, and often when I thought about spiritual gifts, it was like, well, that only happens on a Sunday morning for one hour in church together. How many of you know the Holy Spirit wants to work seven days a week, all throughout the week, through your life? You might just show up in a moment, right? Show up in a moment where somebody needs you in the workplace, in your sphere of influence at home. Come on, parents, we need the gift of the Holy Spirit sometimes just to love on our kids in our marriages, in our homes, in our relationships with our family to get along with our parents, right? Like the Holy Spirit just wants to show up and and work all throughout the week. So don't limit what he wants to do in your life. Let me tell you what's gonna happen when you pursue and you start using those gifts. You're gonna feel more fulfilled. There's going to be a sense of spiritual fulfillment. There's going to be a greater sense of purpose over your life. You're lacking a sense of purpose right now, feeling a little bit directionless. Watch Watch the sense of fulfillment that comes over your life when you begin to serve and bless other people. It's amazing how it gets us outside of ourselves and our life starts to take on new meaning. And here's the other thing, the body of Christ will be strengthened. The church of Jesus Christ will be strengthened because we're better when everybody's using the gift that God has given them, amen? Hey, why don't you stand with me this morning? I wanna take a moment to pray for you. Worship team's coming back to lead us in a final song. Can we just take a moment? Come on, stand with me. Just bow your heads if you want that, if that's you. Maybe you want to just lift your hands today and say, that's me. God, I want you to work through me. God, I want a fresh touch of your spirit. I want you to love through me, serve through me. I want a greater sense of purpose. Father, that's our prayer today. That's our prayer today. God, we thank you that you are a good God, a loving God, and you have good gifts. your people, for your children. And so we say today, God, fill us with your Spirit. Holy Spirit, come into our lives and work through us. God, use us to serve, to love, to give, to pray, to bless others, to encourage somebody. Speak through us, to speak words of healing to someone. We invite you to come into our lives afresh. We want to be used by you. Father, I pray for your people. I pray for those who especially are just trying to discern what that gift is, that you would make it clear to them, that you would give them the faith to step out and start using it. And Father, we believe that the body of Christ will be stronger, healthier, will move forward in strength, and we're going to see more people added to your kingdom more people made whole, more people healed, more people encouraged as we pursue the gifts that you have for us. Do it in your people, I pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you'd like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at redemptioncommunitychurch.org. We hope you can listen or join us next week.